I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'd like to take my left hand and place it on your inner thigh and slowly inch my way up in crab-like fashion. And I'm Av Sinensky, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here to discuss Season 10, Episode 2, Side Sitting. And Av, I think your opening line sort of uh, gives away how I feel about this episode. It's it's not that I it's not that something like offensive happens or bad happens or I want to cancel this episode. The issue is like basically nothing happens. And so it's just like very boring. Yeah, nothing really happens. Um, There's some good ideas in here, and I guess we'll get to them when we get to them um, that are just kind of poorly executed. Um, and, you know, I, I think there, there was potential here, but just like some of the characters just like really make no sense. And they're just it doesn't the jokes just don't land the way you would expect them to in a high quality curb episode yeah it's it's not I, it's again i don't dislike it to me i was bored which is like i've never been in an episode of curb ever and so right that's a little bit worrisome um i mean hopefully this podcast won't be boring i don't know <laughs> hopefully it will be we'd like to match the, oh, you know, the, the okay, appropriate we're, podcast for an appropriate right, episode. Let's be very boring today all right <laughs> um we should do you know it's good it's a good episode with focuses on uh lawyering so that should keep people nice and bored mm, yeah um i will say what's your take on side sitting um yeah i mean side sitting i think is intimate i don't i wouldn't like pull up to the side with just like anyone yeah but like when you go with your it's spouse, one th- are you side sitting uh, no we usually sit across from each other okay all right and with no one else you're side sitting then yeah, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, you're side sitting where it's like a table of four and like everyone's around. It's so like you're everyone side sitting everybody. Uh, yeah, but um, I think the so it's, so it's interesting because it's like it's the it's the 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 lack of other people is what makes it a side sit. Well, it's the same way. I mean, like in a urinal in the bathroom, if every urinal is taken and you're in a stadium, you're going to use the next available urinal right. next to two people. If you walk in and there's one other guy and you go next to him, you're a sociopath. Yeah. Also, so, like, yes, obviously, obviously you're, the other people that <laughs> you're. Yeah, you're also like creating less space to eat because, like, now, like, all your stuff is going to be closer together mm. than if you were across so the table from each other. You're not going to like this then, because Jen and I, 100% of the time, like for 18 years, we don't side sit. We sit next to each other. Like, we like, and we'll oh, often God. like rotate the table. How oh, those like, two the, of you? The other side is a little bit. And, oh, oh, you're like, so in love. No, unapologetically, I understand like the the sarcasm, the jokes, and the mockery, but I don't care. Um, it's all yeah. deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, I don't care. Um, I'm very uh, upfront about who I am, but um, yeah. So and like you know, sometimes we, but sometimes it's complicated because you know it was space, spatial issues and like New York City restaurants. So I I get that like if like you're in like if there's like a booth, so it's like because that's like comfortable. There's like a bench. So but it's like if there is a table of two. Like you'll take your chair and move it to the other side of the table and sit next to her because that's well, deranged. Well, well, no. Usually, one person is on like the on like the bench, right, going around the periphery. Well, yes, of the if, room. The, if there's if there's a bench, not every yeah, table then, has a bench. Some tables yeah. are in the middle of the room. Yeah. So yeah. So let's then, say you got a table in the middle of the room. What yes. would you do? We will rotate the tables so that instead of us sitting on the two shorter ends, we're sitting oh, next God. to each other on the longer end. But okay. also, the number of times I've sat in the middle of a restaurant. I feel like I can count on one hand. I like never do that. Yeah, well, sometimes that's all that's available. Yeah, I, mean, I don't you know. know. I, that's also night. just that's just like my like 
I, I never like being like in classrooms as a kid or I mean, in high school, like I, I was always uh, against the wall. I always have to be against the wall. I don't like being in the middle. It's too, uh, too open to attack. I feel I, like. I, hi, I'm Alex Chester and I always have to be against the wall. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, okay. Good like, to know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll keep that I mean, in mind. Yeah. N- now that like I have like a, a large bed that I share with my wife, I don't care. But like for my entire life, when I was like in a twin size bed, my bed had to be against the wall. It could not be like set like in the middle, like with space, you know, with space on both sides. Uh-huh. Then anyway. um, yeah, most most of the time I've I've had my bed that way. It's just also generally speaking, if you don't have like a huge room, like it's just like the best use of space. Like you're not going to be like you have like, you know, a dorm <laughs> size room. You're not going to put the yeah. bed in the middle of the room. That'd yeah, be, you know, lunacy. Yeah. But for me, it's just um, I don't like the with my desk also like um, I, I don't know. I always I feel like like I always want to be positioned in a, like in a way so that I can sort of see what's going on and nothing's happening behind me. Is that paranoia? Well, you should that, look into that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should get tested for that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but we, uh, we, 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 so that's what, like, when I think of side sitting, that's what I think of because you're sitting side by side. What Larry's doing is not side sitting. Right. Still, it's like, a, it's a step in between. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I'm trying to think if we've done that. I know. I, I don't think we've done that because, because we're on the same side usually. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the side sitting is too far away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's also like we're sharing food and stuff, and then you got to be crossing the plates back and forth. You know, very uncomfortable. Yeah, we have we have a very simple uh, procedure for that. It's yeah. that when the when the food comes to my the table, my wife handles everything related to splitting up the food because if I do it, it's going to be a big mess and a big disaster. So oh, like, you're preemptively you know, splitting things onto plates. Yeah, she'll like when the food comes, she'll like cut, you know, if we're sharing a burger, she'll cut the burger in half and like move on. Like, you know, she oh. like when we get when we get sushi, when we order at home, yeah. like she orders she orders all the sushi because to me it's like basically all the same crap. Okay. Like it's, you know, it's rice and seaweed and fish and whatever and it's rolled and it's all delicious. Okay. So I like and she's like more particular. So I just tell her order whatever you want and then she'll take it and she'll like split it up onto two different plates so that we each get like, you know, half of each roll. Hmm. But then it's so it's preemptively split. No, we yeah. we sort of just like we just take bites and just switch the plates back and forth. I don't know. All right. Um, also, I ate way more than fifty percent for sure. So well, yes, yeah. 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 No, what happens? I finish mine. She doesn't finish hers, and then, you, hers, and then, then I eat her leftovers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So we find something to talk about, but it's not. It's not current. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, no side sitting uh, in either of our households. Uh, mm. For some of us, it's uh, too extreme. For some of us, not extreme enough. But yeah. uh, we are going to be doing some side sitting on this episode as we jump in to season 10, episode two. We start out at uh, Ben Shankman's office, Larry's lawyer. I forget what his name is in uh, in the show. Swindell or something like that? Yeah. In uh, in Billions, he has a much more prominent role, also as a lawyer. Yeah. 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 This guy is very much a lawyer. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's basically, you know, going over the main points uh, set forth in the sexual harassment claim that's being mm. made against Larry. First, he yanked her clothes and Larry tells him, you know, I didn't yank. I just like I wiped the glasses with uh, her shirt tail. Yeah. And his lawyer assures him that he's dealt with plenty of cases just like this. This really isn't a big deal. 
And, you know, if we will, if, if at, the, at best, we'll be able to just make this completely go away. At worst, we'll reach some sort of reasonable settlement. And Larry's like, settlement? No, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm paying you millions of dollars so that I don't have to write a cut a cent to her. Millions of dollars? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think he says millions. Yeah. Which yeah. Is just, why, yeah. Why not just settle hire, with her? Hire cheaper lawyers. Yeah. 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 I assure you, you come to me, it's not going to cost you millions. So everyone should... uh Give me business. Oh, okay. Um, he then, you know, he has this whole analogy about, well, you know, that's what the British said when they were about to take Europe. I didn't really follow what was going on here. I don't know if you did. Um, but uh, his lawyer asks him if that's all. Larry nods his head. And he, he tells him that if anything comes to mind while he's out of the office, just let me know. And Larry's like, oh, well, you know, am I going to be billed in that scenario? And the lawyer's like, well, you know, we have this holistic approach mm. where we want to make sure that the lawyers are always available to you. So what like, percentage so of the time you, right? that someone says the word holistic to you, are they not full of shit? Because I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's always full of shit, no matter who's saying it and what the context. Interesting. I use holistic sometimes. And mm. I don't think I'm mean, I, I don't, I'm certainly not intending to be full of shit when I, uh, when I use <laughs> it. You saying it's a client's? <laughs> um... I am saying it to clients, mm. but I don't think I'm being full of shit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> maybe it's just my. I mean, I maybe know. I am. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you use it, you're full of shit. I don't use it. I just roll my eyes when others do. Yeah, I mean, I I use it more in the sense that it's it's like you can do better service to someone when like you understand the big picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that like clients sometimes are reluctant to share. Um, kind of in the like, you know, I don't, do you ever watch House? And he he has that like maxim of like everybody lies. Okay. That like people like patients like don't tell their doctors because they either don't they're embarrassed to tell them something or they just they they decided on their own that it's not relevant. So like they don't tell them that like oh I had like some condition three years ago, to which might have been useful information. Um, and I I feel like law clients do the same thing. They just like don't they like as you're like going further and further, you're like oh right I should have told you about that and this and this yeah. and that. And I was no, like well true. you know you know if I understand the full picture like and I you know could serve you in a more holistic way that'll be to your benefit. Mm. Um. You know, that's kind of how I use it. Um, hmm, okay. It's kind of more seeing the full picture than, yeah, this uh, all like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm serving you all the time and therefore billing you all. The yeah, time. that's what Shakeman's saying here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Larry then asks if he can use the lawyer's bathroom. And he's like, well, you know, there's just there's bathrooms right outside in the hallway. You can use one of those. And I was like, oh, what's the big deal? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm right here. Like, let me just go in the bathroom. Um, lawyers like still like, no. And Larry's like, I'm like a bird. I hide all the evidence. You'll never know I was there, which was not my experience with the birds that uh, snuck into my house and uh, yes. spent some time <laughs> in my bathroom. Yes. There was yeah, there was a, there was lots and lots of evidence that they were there. <laughs> I see. Um so it's much like Trump misuses like a dog, like Trump doesn't seem to know what dogs do. So you're saying Larry doesn't know what birds do. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about birds in general. I'm telling you the birds that were yes. there, I, there, was a, there, there was evidence they were there. Here's, so here's my question. Um, and this is obviously a Larry Davidism from a long time, and we see it with George and Seinfeld. But like, there's, there's two general um, main activities that one goes to the bathroom for. I mean, there's many other side activities, but one of them, as a man, you're standing. Oh, wait, we're saying we're saying we're saying peeing and pooping. Are those yes, two exactly. activities? Yeah. Number okay. one and number two. All right, carry on. And I'm saying number yeah. one as a man is so irrelevant where you do it. I mean, OK, you don't want to trough and like, you know, crowded with like a ton of other guys, perhaps. But like beyond that, like if you if you're in a stall or in a, a, a urinal with like borders on the sides, like there's no difference whatsoever where you are. Correct. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty low maintenance. Activity. And I feel like usually the reason that people who are reticent to share their bathroom by people, I mean, you know, stores or whatever, it's because they assume you're coming in for number two. 
and that can be right. Messy. Yeah, number two can leave a mess. Yeah, uh, number two be, involves sitting, which yeah, there's a lot of consequences for number two from from both from both the person coming to do it and the person hosting them to do it. Like that, both sides are like you know. So, but Larry, as we see, is only peeing, and if he's only peeing, then why is he so obsessed with using this bathroom anyway? Is it just like I'm too good for like the the? Because Larry's usually like identifies as a man of the people. He may hate. The yeah, people, I mean, the, the a, lawyer's completely insane here. Like, this is like such a nothing insane. request. Of course. But why but is like, also like, so this is not desires. like a person like this is a client. This client, he's like, he's paying you. Yeah. Like, your job is to like keep him happy. Like, well, why now you're would basically you making him sound like your client. Oh, <laughs> no. Like, you know, this is so frivolous. Like <laughs> clients, like lawyers take out like clients for like fancy dinners and like mm. give them tickets to games and all sorts of things to like keep their business. So, like you're not going to even let the guy use the bathroom. So let me ask you a question. If one of your clients says, ah, can I come over to your home and, and use your bathroom? You say yes. I mean, sure. I mean, it's yeah. a weird request, yeah. but like whatever, like yeah. plenty of people use my bathroom. Every Most of the people who have been in my house at some point while they were here probably use the bathroom. Probably, like yeah. it's like a completely yes. like <laughs> inconsequential thing. But Larry does have a thing with bathrooms. But again, oh, yes. All this is has functioned on on number two. I feel like peeing is just inconsequential. I just well, don't yeah, understand. Yeah, for me, we'll, we'll see. We'll see that in this starting in this episode and, and going through the through the season that Larry has uh, Ideas for lots of solutions as yes. it pertains how women should pee. So like, yes, he's very much a, sure. a, a man of the women as as it pertains to peeing, at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're saying that he, and we do know that he likes to sit while he pees, also, on at least one occasion. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably not canon because I think we've no, we've seen, seen him standing, standing many, many, times many times when he peed on Jesus, and yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. So back we go. Yeah. Yeah, so motion denied, the lawyer says. So Larry, uh, heads- they say in my business, no lawyer has ever spoken. Well, I'm sure there's some. Who yeah, I'm sure very corny lawyers. Yes. Um, oh, speaking of lawyers from Curb, did you did you watch Pam and Tommy um, on Hulu? The fictional version, no, but I watched the documentary that came out like the same time because Jen was watching it. So I watched right. it on her shoulder. Yeah, not relevant. Okay. Um, so I watched Pam and Tommy mm-hmm. and there was an episode, which I think we were given a preview of this when he was on the podcast. But friend of the podcast, Tyrum Katz, um, Dan Jablons was mm-hmm. in one scene of Pam and Tommy. Fine. There's like a scene. It's either in like the first or second episode where uh, Pamela goes down to some caribbean <laughs> island or mexico or somewhere okay. right. um for like some like conference or there's some this there's this something and like the upshot is that it's like a ton of just like dorky loser guys have like paid money to attend this conference because like pamela anderson's gonna like show up at one night and like just like okay. sit in a room with them and like talk to them and, and one of the them? loser dorky guys is the end of lots does he's like Hiram cat's attorney at law <laughs> no, he's like I don't even know if he has an, even has a speaking role. He might, uh, but like he's kind of mm. just like at the table. Maybe he has like a line or two. I'm mm. like, ah, that's I know that guy. Yeah. Well, listen, he's, he's he got all that money from Larry in the divorce settlement and from Gary Cole. Yeah, he so he can afford. He to did not ask her. He did not ask her if if he would if she would like to check his penis. <laughs> good callback. Pretty 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 good. Yeah. Call he did back. not do that on Curb either. Only yes, in his it's a pretty uh, pretty, pretty good callback. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Larry goes over to the receptionist who calls his name, and Larry he tried to say that. I by the way, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, actually, yes. um, she's very surprised that he needs validation. Uh, mm. I assume, yes. You know, given how wealthy he is, but he explained mm-hmm. it's not really about the money. It's more about the fact that, like, as you're trying to get out of the lot, you have to reach into your pocket, which, yeah. in my experience, makes no sense because, as far as I know, the way parking these tickets work is 
even if they're fully paid, you still need to put the ticket into the machine in order to get out. And the machine will read that you've paid. Yeah. But I think what he's saying is his wallet is in his back, is in his back pocket, which while he's sitting in the car is uncomfortable, whereas he's going to get this ticket validated and he'll just walk there holding it or in his front. pocket. like he's not going to put it in his back pocket in his wallet. So he doesn't right, want to have to reach fine. for the wallet. Um, now, a lot of times nowadays you also pay before, like you don't pay at the gate, but you pay like at a, at a vending machine before you go back. Uh, right. Which but is a much more efficient way to do it. Yeah. But that's the way they've done it in Israel always. And it makes much more sense because instead of a bottleneck, you know, people just drive right yeah. out because, yeah. Also, um, you, also now you don't have to hire a person anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's true also. Do they have people? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, no, of course not. There's, yeah, there's, it's all, yes, correct. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, See, this is why no one has jobs. Yeah. Well, I guess everyone has. I don't know. Jobs are complicated. Yeah. No, too many jobs, not enough jobs. I don't yeah. even know. Um, so, yeah. So that Larry uh, looks at the ticket and like hands it back to him. He's like, mm, yeah, you actually only uh, credited me for an hour of validation. I was here for an hour and 10 minutes. So she kind of like rolls her, rolls her yeah. eyes and takes the card back and does it again. And he tells her that he hopes to see her again as he'll be visiting the offices a lot in the coming days. Yeah. How, how often do your clients come down uh, for in-person meetings? Not very often. Not um, very yeah, but again, as we discussed before, it would not be good TV. Us. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Everything was like Zoom calls. I've had zero. Uh, I mean, you go to them, but them coming to me, that has not happened for sure since COVID. Yeah, I've had I've had a few. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, so Larry. Uh, also. Yes. I don't really have clients exactly. in New York so much. Uh, a couple. Yeah, most. Yeah, so most of my clients are like on Long Island and mm. that's where offices are. So it's like, wow. you know, how to be ill. Yeah. And also like Long Island, even like during like was like very was only very bad of COVID for like a very short period of time. Like our like lockdowns ended like in June 2020. So, mm. yeah, things, things have been basically back to normal um, for a very long time. So, yeah, so Larry's walking out of the elevator and he gets a call and it's Dr. Bon and she tells him she's not really happy with the numbers she's seeing and she wants to run some tests to see if Larry possibly has thyroid cancer due to a mass that she's seeing. Larry, of course, is like immediately very upset by this, very frazzled, wants to know if it's spread. She tells him she doesn't know yet. She wants to do an MRI in order to find out. Mm. Larry just wonders how long he has and she says, you know, it's, it's too early to tell, you know, calm yourself. Mm. And he uh, hangs up the hangs up the phone and groans in fear. Yeah, but scheduling an MRI for same day is pretty impressive. I just got an MRI recently, and they schedule it like a couple weeks in the future. You think you need like uh, clearance for that? Maybe Larry's just paying out of pocket because I guess so. so Yeah, he's He's like, oh, it's a hundred thousand dollars for the MRI. Good, done, sold. Have you seen the movie The Ten? Uh, no. I know it's one of your favorite movies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's a it's a the state movie, um, but there but there is a scene which. I mean, the whole movie basically doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, good, um, good selling point for one of your favorite movies. Uh, I mean, in the context of the movie, I mean, like you liked um, um, what was that movie about the the two women, the comedians with uh, with Kirsten? Yeah, Brown? yeah, Barb and Star go to somewhere. Yeah, it also yes, makes no you. sense, but okay, yeah, it's very yeah. funny. All right, so so this, but this movie also is like a series. It's like ten different sketches, sort of, and they all sort of they sort of come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it. so Liev Schreiber, well, he's in a couple of them. But in one of them, for no apparent reason, he just collects every MRI machine in the city, and then there's none available at any of the hospitals because he just has them like stacked up in his lawn. <laughs> you, okay. you have to see, like, you have to see it to understand the context. There's not a lot of context; it's just kind of random. Yeah. But like, there is some context. I, um, I feel like I remember you had a quote from the ten as like your Facebook 
profile or something for a long time. Oh, I did it as a goof, maybe. Oh, okay. Yes. Is that it? Is that from the time? Yeah, that's Ken Marino. He's a doctor who uh, kisses patients, but as a goof. Um, you know, like a <laughs> shtick. He's like, he's, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard, I, <laughs> I have heard that quote a lot and I always laugh at it. I didn't know where it was from. That's funny. Yeah. Um, no, you should watch a movie. I, I, this is, a, I have the, the DVD, right. I say, knowing that the DVD is a worthless piece of equipment at this point. Why do I own these DVDs? Why have I not thrown them in the garbage? I All right. No so how, how about this? How about we, we, uh, we'll get together. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll rent the DVD player <laughs> and we'll watch your DVD of the tech. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it's streaming, right? Of course it's streaming. I, yeah. I didn't check, but it's a movie, so I'm sure it's streaming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. let's see what it's on. Um, oh, Amazon yeah. Instant Video. It's on Amazon. And um, it's currently unavailable in my location. What is this? Anti-New yeah. Jersey bias? I'm not really seeing it. Let's see. What is it? So on. Yeah. Oh, my God. You actually can't stream it. That's insane. <laughs> this, this has never terrible. happened before. Not available. I don't understand. Streaming. Oh my what, God, what does that is, mean? Yeah. How is there a movie that you can't stream? That's like from yeah. ten, like 15 years ago. That makes no sense. Yeah, no, that is very strange. Like uh, if it's in theaters, fine. If it's from like 1914, okay, I guess. Yeah. Just like a normal movie with Paul Rudd in it, you can't stream? Uh, Even Paul Rudd? I mean, it's got, it's got tons of people. Right, right. I mean, I just see him as the first, uh, the first credit here. Okay. Um, it's, it's my Voodoo? Favorite... Is it on Voodoo? Um, I don't it? know, I don't know what Voodoo is. This is fascinating. Why can't I stream? Anyways, it has John Hamm as like a one. He's an extra for like one second because he was a nobody at the time. Uh huh. Which I find highly enjoyable. Yeah, it's an amazing cast. Paul Rudd, David Wayne, Ken Marino, Winona Ryder, Adam Brody, Jessica Alba, Rob Corddry, Jason. All right. So so we're going to need to use your DVD. We're going to need to use your DVD. Bobby Cannavale, Famke Jessen, John Hamm, Gretchen Mole, Justin Thoreau. Oliver Platt, H. John Benjamin, Thomas Lennison, Leah Schreiber, Joe Latrugia, Janine Garofalo, Ron Silver, Michael Ian Black. Um, it goes on and on and on. Amanda Peet. Um, yeah, it's it's anyways, it's very funny. So now we actually have to find a way to play my DVD. <laughs> All right. Maybe I can get it from the library. <laughs> um, yeah. How would I play it? D- I think we might have a DVD. Player. I do. I have I have I have a DVD player. Yeah. Um, All right, so you'll mail it to me. Did you get? Oh, I, ma- I mailed you oh, something. Yes. Did you get oh, my? Yes, my... <laughs> yes you, you, mailed, you mailed my son's keeper from the uh, pr- uh, 32 fans uh, cookie tournament. And uh, my wife was very impressed. She's like, I can't believe he spent 53 cents on us. I'm like, I didn't. I, did, I sent it from my office. Oh, you're also oh, your firm paid. Uh... I stole 53 cents from Rufkin Radler. <laughs> I hope they dock your pay. Um, did you used to have at work where you could like send um, you could send mail? And it was like your personal mail. You would just like sign your name in the corner and then they would just deduct you from your personal account. Did you have that? Or I guess no, because they were paying. No. Me. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, no, I, so just, I, I just I just like 92 cents taken out every two weeks. I had like mailed a couple red. <laughs> yeah, that's very stupid. Um, yeah, I think it was 46. Cents they should back. just write that off. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, who, Considering what the, they write off, they could write that off. They're the ones writing it off. Well, I guess, I mean, if somebody starts making like a whole mail order, well, if you're doing a mail order. Yeah. Uh, if I'm someone's like running office. like an Amazon seller business out yeah. of the office, fine. Like, yeah. it's okay I mean, if I like three like, times a year. I feel like I send we a know letter. a couple of people who would do something like that. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. You could run a whole operation. My wife, yeah. I believe, once had somebody. She was yeah. the queen of okay. the Um. All right, so we're going to head home with Larry, and we're going to get our first clip of the episode. Larry has some friends over for a fun and entertaining game of poker. 
and a two of hearts. Ooh, lucky Possible you. Possible flush, no straight. Go ahead, Leon. You got the bet. You got the bet. Come on, spend some money. Bam! By the way, I, I'll just chime in. I hate the guy who who like calls out i don't play a lot of poker but i hate the guy who calls out like what's like on the table like what's in play like that's like that's everyone's job to figure it out. i know it's like not complicated but like sometimes people miss things and like that's a much more complicated that shows. Shows. yeah i mean i guess people don't do it but like i have seen people do it, and i'm always like annoyed like it's like no everyone like, like if the dealer like does it game. or if somebody else does it no a dealer will never do that in like a, in a real game but like sometimes like in a friendly game like there's a guy who does yeah. what richard does yeah okay yeah uh, or, or Andy, sorry, I'm calling him by his uh, real name, not his current name. Um, yeah, I don't like it. Anyway, let's go on. Richard? Two. Ooh. All right, I'm in. Why weren't you at the fundraiser the other night for the prison art collector? What, what, the dealer's what? calling in the middle of a hand. I mean, chatting. I sent you the invitation. Why weren't you there? Bet for him. got the invite. We sent it. Never got it. Must have got lost in the mail. Ah, oh, boy, I don't trust the mail anymore. That's I swear six. I don't. I would have gone to that. I, you would have enjoyed it. Wow. All right, next card is a ten of spades. Yeah, he's the okay, dealer. Go ahead. Come on, You're out. You check. I fold. Everyone no. folds without a bet. Yeah. What's going on here? We we have one Three check. Three people. <laughs> we have a, a fold, check, fold, off just a card beam show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's really? I just want to give you yeah. I want to give you a heads up. Susie's birthday's in about a week. Yeah, the action's hilarious, and they have a conversation. Uh, she told me to tell you. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Yeah. She told you to yeah, tell yeah, me? And as a matter of fact, she wants a camera. She's shameless, this woman. She's shameless. It's unbelievable. Wow. You don't get to pick your gift, okay? It's not, I'm not a serious catalog. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Anyway, I already got her something. It's going to be a nice surprise. Okay, now pause. Really? Yeah. All right. Nine is the last. Larry has clearly never seen or never given Susie a gift before, right? That's why Jeff has to tell her, him, it's her birthday and she wants a gift. He's like, no, don't worry. About it. I already got an oil painting of her. Why? But it's, wait, but if, if, if Larry never gets Susie a gift, why yeah. is Susie telling Jeff to tell Larry what to get for her? Like, why would she assume that she's getting anything? Because Larry's, Susie's always squeezing money out of her husband. And now she's like, I'm going to squeeze money out of my <laughs> husband's friends also. Okay. But I don't think she'd say I want a camera. I think she'd give the specific model of like the $4,000 camera she wanted. Yeah, look, I, yeah. She wouldn't just say generic. Larry's not getting, yeah, this doesn't mean, yeah. 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 Not, but not the fact that he's sense. already gotten her a gift, a gift that's presumably would have taken months to prepare or weeks or like a long time, right? Yeah. What's the scenario where you're buying a, a birthday gift for your friend's wife? Who I'm not friends with independently of through him. Yeah, I mean, I guess here it's a little bit more complicated because he's single. Like if he's if he he's married, it would be but from also, like him and Cheryl. So I'm and not be much more normal. Did Larry and Susie know each other back in New York or, or no? Because I, I almost have this idea in my head that Larry and Susie like back when he was she, when she was Susie when she was Susie from the Bronx. Yeah, and when, yeah, exactly. And when he was like a struggling comedian, and then he's on SNL, and then maybe she meets Jeff through her, you know, a friend or whatever, Larry, and then Jeff becomes Larry's um, agent or representative or whatever manager or whatever he is, and then they end up becoming better friends. But the relationship started between Larry and Susie. It's possible. It's yeah. possible. I mean, I'll allow I, it. I, I know people like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that could happen for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's my working theory here. But still, Larry's never given her a gift before. Um, this isn't like a specific special birthday that she's having a big party for. Just a random birthday, it seems like. So, yeah, very hard to believe. Also, do you not um, you don't sit for portraits? It's 100% based on a photograph or a few photographs, I guess. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, let's go. Let's continue. Best card. You got the bet. 
Go ahead, you guys are out. Go ahead. I just want you to know, before you bet, I have a pair of aces. Okay. 20 bucks, aces. I have a pair of aces. I call. What do you have? Okay. I got three nines. Okay, pause for a second. Freeze on the table. Oh, shit. That's unbelievable. Wait, can we show the cards? We got... Okay, so there's a king, ten, nine. Wait, can we show the cards? Oh, you're... Okay, there we go. Seven... Seven okay, so, king two. So the ten, flop okay, nine. so the flop was seven king two. And then on the turn we had a ten. And then we have a nine rainbow. Right? So this guy's bragging that he has aces, but there's been a, a series of He never of bets, bets them. Yeah. There's been a series of bets. People could have two pairs, people could have a set, as somebody does. You know, there's actually a, on the river a straight, although if somebody's playing an eight jack, they're an idiot. But um, so like there's a lot of possibilities here. And he's like so confident that aces are going to win that he's like I announces he has aces of like, I told you I have aces. Like, yeah, well, that was a stupid thing to say. Like you, <laughs> the, the bluff here is you say I have kings if you're trying to get the person to fold, which is what he's trying to do. Right. Or you say I have tens or you say I have jack queen, which is the highest straight. Although, again, while you're playing a straight. straight yeah, over. he probably also should have just bet on the on the on the aces at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, would have knocked. Yeah, I don't know. Would have knocked Larry out. Yeah. Um, yeah, Larry, if Larry so yeah. let's say Larry calls a pre-flop bet uh, 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 with pocket nines fine or even raises or whatever he does. But then there's presumably another bet on, after the, the flop with king high. Hard to play that there unless, you know, so who knows? Maybe Andy didn't do anything. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we're not assuming that this is like a very uh, high level poker game. Yeah. OK, so that was too much analysis you're saying. Yeah. So Larry, um Larry's called the luckiest guy around, and he explains to him, you know, I'm not so lucky. Um, Wait, are we not oh, are we watching this? We're in the scene. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Let's try. Oh. oh. That's unbelievable. It's huh? a rest On the river, you get a nine. Cincinnati you are the luckiest guy around. Honest oh. to God. Yeah. Yeah. Luckiest guy around. I went to the doctor this weekend. Uh, she found something, and she's testing for it. You know, cancer, so. Wow. Uh, I'll find out in a few days. Really? Uh, yeah. You're kidding me. Oh, I'm shit. sure it's nothing, you know. Shit, oh, there. Damn, you're welcome. Uh, well, I just want to let you know, letting you know, if you do have cancer, mm. I can't be your friend anymore. I'm not a cancer friend. I can't do the cancer friend. That's not me. It's mm. too much. Too much. You yeah. know, I got to agree with Jeff. If you get cancer, I'll never speak to you again. He gave you a kidney. Yeah. So I thought this was a bit. But they seem to be very, I mean, they're joking, but they're also serious. And as you said, he gave him a kidney. We've seen both of them frequently in, like, uh, medical situations, friends with medical situations. <laughs> this is completely insane. I mean, Richard's famously selfish. But... Yeah. Yeah. When I found out my daddy had cancer, about this. <laughs> I never spoke to that man again. I even stopped taking his call. Wow. Really? Yeah. Did he die? I don't know. <laughs> okay. One of one of the all time great lines on Curb in my opinion. I laughed so hard when I just what? saw this the other day. I thought it's it was what? so funny. But he says I don't what he says I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so dark, it's so good. <laughs> this is all we know about SWAT. You can't whisper. He doesn't know him. if his father he's not aware of whether or not his father is still alive because he's not in touch. He hasn't even heard from a third party if his father is dying. And it didn't seem like he had a bad relationship with him. It's like, but once I found out he had cancer, <laughs> that's it. He's out. I don't want to know it from him again. Yeah, I need to know more about this. Um, I feel like I don't know means he's still alive because you would have heard if he died. Yeah, but you would have heard either way. Like, I mean, I, I, you probably would have heard if he's alive. Yeah. <laughs>
but it's like you could cut someone out but like if they die like like someone's gonna like say to you like oh like i'm you know i'm sorry to hear or like you know not everyone in the world will know that you're like you're not like you know it'll yeah, come but up. you essentially have to have cut off everyone in your family for no one to ever mention your right. father's existence or not alive or dead <laughs> right and yeah, like maybe he was a single you. child single child and maybe his mom had previously died and he doesn't know she's that either maybe those people whispered maybe she, yeah maybe his his uh Everyone in his family got cancer one by one, so he started cutting them out. His father was the last one without cancer, and now he has no further connection to that cancer fa- cancerous family. Yeah, I feel like you'd want to know just for your own health what uh, you what risks you may have. But... <laughs> you would think, you would think, yeah. you want to, you want to know the outcome. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, it's got dark. so let's uh, let's finish off this scene. Wow. All right, I'll tell you what. I have a proposal. Let's make a little deal here, okay? A no cancer friend reciprocity pact. If anyone gets it, we all stop being friends with you, and vice versa. There you go. There you go. Hey, come on. Come on. Don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. again, Richard already, as you said, had a life-threatening illness that Larry saved from him. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, and also, it's like it's like this kind of was like put on the table, but then like Larry's the one who like turns this into a formal pact, which is like very foolish because he currently is the one with the highest risk. Sure. Of yes, it's a bad bet for him. It's yes. like very. Yes. Yeah. The odds do not favor him. Yeah. So we um, head out for dinner. Larry's meeting Cheryl at a restaurant. He apologizes for coming late. Tells her he hates everybody else in a car. And he tells her that she's looking a lot better and wonders how she's feeling. And she says she's doing better. And she tells him that next time she he should skip the talk and uh, just go for a shower instead, mm, which is yes. pretty good advice. Yes. Larry, very frustrated at how wobbly the tables here are, and tells her that he's going to cement the table to the ground at his coffee shop to prevent the shaking. He then proceeds to move over and do the titular side sit next to Cheryl, who complains that, you know, this you're getting a little too close. It's a little get, getting a little too personal. Um, while they are side sitting, uh, his mailman, who will later meet and learn to be his mailman, um, actually no, we we learn it now. He greets him. Uh, he walks into the restaurant. No, we met him Larry previously. Him. Did we? I thought we saw this mailman previously, but I'm getting confused. We see him in another episode later, but we haven't seen him yet. Yeah, yeah, we've seen the the only other uh, postmen we've seen are uh, Katie Aselton, the postwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, we we obviously uh, have someone refer to a postman in the the Wagner episode. I don't know if we if we encounter any other postman. Oh yeah, in my head we'd seen other postmen, but I guess not. Yeah, Mr. Newman is a postman. Yes, I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> yes, um, but he doesn't he doesn't deliver mail in the rain. Yes, he so, was yeah, never so, much for credos. Yes, yeah, Cheryl tells uh, tells Larry that something about Lytle gives him gives her the creeps. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Larry tells Cheryl that. Um, Larry then uh, makes a literal reference to the elephant in the room and uh, tells her that he really is hoping that they can get back together. Cheryl doesn't think it's a good idea at all. In fact, she thinks she should, they should just end the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So is she planning Larry, to go back to Ted as far as we know at this point? Yeah, I think I think she views this as like a one time slip up and yeah. like she has a good thing going with Ted and Larry shouldn't ruin her uh future life the way she has already he's already ruined her past life yeah uh, other than the other than 200 million dollars that she now has how many of the main characters in this show do we not see commit adultery because larry's one of the few who doesn't um yeah i mean we see him try although i guess I, I no guess but that's, that's for the anniversary whether or not it counts yeah. yeah yes it's with no, permission whether or not that's definitely um, not adultery that's not cheating at all um, that's right yeah, right right fine. to do something yeah fair 
Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, yeah, no, I just think maybe it's still like fit, fits the technical definition, but yeah, if it doesn't, whatever. Um, well, Cheryl fine. doesn't fit the technical um, definition because she's not married to Ted. They're just dating as far as we know. Right. So I just um, meant she. But yeah, so same, yeah, same concept, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Larry plays the cancer card, tells her that he just got tested, and she hopes it comes back negative. He asks if, like, you know, let's say I got like a two-year cancer prognosis where I'm going to be dead in two years. Would that change anything? You know, it'll be a fun two years other than the complaining, which I'll probably do all the time. But I promise I'll, you know, I'll direct that to the nurse instead of to you. Yeah, a, says, a fun we'll two see. years. Is, does Larry not know how cancer works? It's not the last two years. Yeah, cancer is not fun. And then you drop dead. Like, that's not how it works. It's like two very yeah. bad years. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess if you like don't really go through treatment, you can stay, you know, in relatively decent shape sometimes for a long period of time. And then, you know, the end would be extremely bad. Um, but like, you know, that's always some, some people like when they opt against treatment, it's because, you know, the, the odds are low. So, yeah. So he's like, you know, you know, it'll be so great. We can travel. He's, he's like, you don't even like traveling. Um, he then, uh, you know, realizes it's not going anywhere, moves back across the table and she asks him what she's getting to which he says, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That, that's a swap. strong what, what does it matter what I'm going to eat if I'm not going to be with the girl I love? Yeah. The, 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 the canceling the side sit is a real strong move. It's a real strong sign of defeat. I feel like you can't concede like that. You got to you, you once you commit to the side seat, you got to sit there for the rest of the meal. Yeah. All right. We head over to Jeff's house and uh, Jeff's there with his handyman. They're, they're schmoozing about something when Larry walks in with uh, with his covered gift and says hi to the handyman. He asks if, you know, maybe we can meet sometime together. Um, and he when he heads out, Larry tells Jeff that uh, the two of them, him and Milos, will be working together at the restaurant. Mm. Another one for Milos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He has both the green job and the David job. Larry tells uh, Jeff that he got a great birthday present for Susie. And Jeff, but Jeff, you know, he really wants to know how the meeting with Cheryl went. And he tells him that not quite as planned. Cheryl turns him down. And Jeff's like, all right, you know, well, I think it's just time for you to get out there. And Larry is just like really discouraged. He's like, you know, I, I don't even I can't be out there. I don't even know what to do anymore. You can't make a move in this climate or in this economy. And Jeff tells him, you know, you're rich and uh, rich outweighs age and balding issues. You'll be fine. And, um, you know, Jeff goes on to suggest, you know, you could, you know, you have a whole outfit. You wear your button chops, cartoon tie, a Lincoln hat. It'll all be great. You'll do very well. Yeah. No, what, what is this costume? What the hell is he talking about? Yeah, I don't know. OK, so here's my was, issue. Larry's complaining here. about how he can't find anybody anymore because he's bald and old. Uh, let's just cover the people that he's dated in the last couple of years since Cheryl left him. Um, Lucy Lawless, playing herself, um, do- right. a-, a doctor, Dr. Sheila Flom, a very attractive doctor, uh, Loretta Black, played by Vivica A. Fox. Um, then um, he dates uh, Mary Jane Porter. Then he dates both Denise Handicap and Wendy Wheelchair. He dates Shara, or at least he has sex with Shara many times. Twice. Um, twice. Yes. Well, on two separate like occasions. Yes. Um, across two years. Yes. Uh, he dates Heidi. Um, he dates Donna who it seems like is interested in him, but uh, he leaves her for Ricky Gervais on the subway. He dates Jane Cohn, who he beats Rosie O'Donnell out for until he finally he's caught to be juicing. Um, and then he dates Jennifer, played by Anna Gosteyer. And um, he then he dates Elizabeth Banks, played by Elizabeth Banks last year. And then he dates um, Bridget for the last several episodes of last season. And um, so that's quite a rundown he's had. Like, that's... There are a few people on earth who have dated that series of women. So I don't know what Larry's complaining about all of a sudden. Yeah, he should feel like he's doing just fine. I mean, um, Lucy Lawless and Elizabeth Banks. 
like <laughs> themselves. And then in between them, a whole bunch well, of Elizabeth. Elizabeth uh, so with um, with uh, Jane Cohn, he was juicing with uh, with the pills. With uh, Elizabeth Banks, he was juicing off that fatwa. Yeah, but what? Okay, so you're saying he no longer has the fatwa juice. Yeah, I don't think he's back. getting Elizabeth Banks. Okay, he left the fallback on the four hundred million dollars juice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna end up having an opportunity with a very attractive receptionist. So right here, yeah, you know, and 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 all he offers her is toilet hopping. Also, have we like every time he's ever asked anybody else out on this show, most of whom presumably do not know who he is at first, he has never been turned down. Basically, he's incredibly successful with the women, independent of his yeah. and money. Yeah, he has yeah. a high batting average. Yeah, I don't know what he's complaining about here. He's very he's a he's a charming guy. We we should all be so unlucky. Yeah. Um, we should all be so. At least we don't have cancer. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. I have too much hair. <laughs> uh, Jeff, then uh, fo- <laughs> yeah, not enough cancer and definitely not enough cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff goes on to ask Larry uh, about his excuse from the other night, like what was the deal with the invitation, and and uh, Larry's like, yeah, I totally made it up, and Jeff is really impressed. You're good. Susie, uh, Susie calls Jeff, and she's surprised to see. Oh, hi, Larry. And uh, Larry comes over, gives her the gift, and it turns out it's a giant Kramer-esque picture of herself, and she couldn't be happier. She tells him, all is forgiven for everything you've ever done. And Larry's like, forgiven? What are you talking about? What have I done? (laughs) Meanwhile, Jeff is like very confused, mouthing what the fuck to Larry from behind Susie's back. And as uh, Susie walks out, he's clearly getting really pissed at Larry, telling him, you fucked me over. Yeah, and this is straight out of Seinfeld, right? When Jerry doesn't know what to get Elaine, and he tells George that he has to give less, so he, you know, he gives one hundred eighty-four dollars and it's ninety-one dollars, and then Kramer ruins the whole thing, (laughs) right? right, right, With the thoughtful gift. So yeah, although so that's what it seems like at first, but later that's not the reason why Jeff is pissed. He's more pissed because. like the he just like doesn't like the painting her eyes are following me around like it's more that it's just like he doesn't want this like ever-present Susie in the house just like staring at him it's not that like now his gift will look bad by comparison yeah yeah which is what what I also assumed would be the reason then it ends up being like a much weirder (laughs) reason which again I did this episode uh, not making a whole lot of sense in certain yeah Yeah, but, uh, but but again, why Larry did it in the first place doesn't make sense. Not none of it makes sense. It just sort of dropped in. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Okay, back over to Larry's. Uh, Lionel's here, and he tells Larry that he's been hearing word that Larry has been spreading around the rumor that he lost his mail. Yeah, and Larry's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I just like I didn't really want to go to that fundraiser, so I told Andy that the invitation got lost. No harm, no foul." And why is and... he saying this? I don't understand. Like, why, why is he even having to say, I don't know what you're talking about. End of conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, and Lionel's like, well, not no harm, no foul. Like, foul on me. Like, mm. now everyone thinks that I lost their mail. And, like, I've had a perfect track record until now, which just seems hard to believe. That yeah, no one's ever no one's ever been higher than, uh, right? Jerry hits, what, 75%? And no one's ever hit that. <laughs> right, right. That, that was getting caught everyone's Newman attention. Says, yeah. Um, and, you know, Lyle says, you know, you have no choice. You have to go over to Andy and Cassie's house and, and tell them the truth. So that way uh, the record is corrected. Yes. And Larry's like, you know, it's really hard to take you seriously uh, wearing shorts. He advises him he should probably wear pants if he wants to be taken a little more seriously. Larry takes nobody seriously without pants. Mm-hmm. 
Larry then gets a call from Dr. Vaughn, who tells him the results came back, and he definitely doesn't have thyroid cancer. Yes. She tells him it's merely a benign cyst. And Larry is so excited, thanks her excitedly. He he hugs Lionel and tells him that he'll fix the issue with Andy and Cassie, Um, which we asked. I think we pointed this out already. So her name in the show is Cassie David, which is Larry's Larry's daughter's name. name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're assuming that we, I can't, I don't know if we know for sure that Andy is, is Andy David and not from the mother's side. I think well, we do know. I think presumably we know because, because yeah, side, because right? Nat is his uncle who he treats. I right. Mean, yeah. But do we, we don't know if he is the son Andy's of mom. Nat. Yeah. Andy's dad. Right. Yeah. Right. Do we know that Andy's yeah. David? That's a good question. We, we might not know that Andy's David. Yeah. It's just because right. So scratch everything. Scratch everything I just said. Okay. Cassie something. Possibly David. Possibly yeah. some any other name in the book. Make up to yeah her name also. So we have no idea. Yeah. They never call right. her Cassie True. David, right? Well, keep an eye out for it. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, okay. Back to the lawyer's office, and the receptionist asks Larry to wait in the office. And Larry sees the bathroom. He sees that nobody's around to look, and he decides to go in there since you know there's no stopping him. And he, no, this uh, is insanely risky behavior, especially if you're going to spend the time to clean it as much as you do. You're going to be in there minimum, minimum, what, two minutes, three minutes? You could be in any, uh, here, could be here any moment. This is a huge risk. Right. Huge risk. He took yeah. a risk. Yeah. He took um, a risk. And we, we see this like little scene of him just like cleaning up super well. He's like scrubbing everything up. He even like has a tissue that he was going to take and instead of throwing in the garbage, he puts it into his pocket and takes it with him. That's how the birds treated your bathroom, right? And uh, yeah, very, yeah, very, um, they were very meticulous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the lawyer comes in, you know, when he sees him sitting in the chair, asks him how he's doing. And Larry tells him, I'm actually doing great. I had a little bit of a scare, but the test results came back negative and I'm doing happy now. And Larry tells him that, um, you know, I'm really, the only thing that's really bugging me is that not a single one of my friends called to like follow up to see how like things were to see, you know, they, I told him I'm getting these tests back with cancer. And like nobody said boo. And I Which is I really weird because you just friends. told them you know, I have not spots to. Up. Yes, you just made a pact. Yeah, I guess yes. he thought it was fake. Yeah. Um, and he or maybe offers they Roger need to the confirm to be... whether he has cancer or not, so they need to know whether the right. Right, not... right. Yeah. They shouldn't just go off the right. They shouldn't just go off the grid. Yeah, you got to confirm. Do you have cancer? Yes. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Never see you again. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Roger's not really interested in becoming Larry's friend. He's a little too busy for that. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I, I, did I tell you about the person who once said to me they weren't in the market for new friends? Um, we have heard, we, I've heard people say that. Um, and I, I, that I completely expression? get what You've they heard mean. someone use that expression? I mean, maybe not those exact words, but like, I, we, we've been, I've been at meals where I've heard somebody say some, something to the effect of like, like, I'm like, I don't have space in my life now for new friends, which is like, sure, obviously a very insulting thing. But they're saying thing to, that to you, their friend in general, they're not saying it to you. Yeah, I no, don't want to be your friend because I have enough friends. Well, well, this was like a situation where like we had like just moved into the neighborhood. And so like they're basically telling the new people at the table, like, don't even bother. Like, I'm oh, not, oh, like, oh, that I, is I, insanely rude. Oh, that's insanely. Yeah, rude. yeah. No, it's oh. very rude. It's a very, well, I thought it's they very were saying it to you. It's perfectly friends, no- like, I'm not looking for other people. They were saying it to you. Oh, OK. Yeah, right, you've got it. Also. No, it's nice. a per- it's a perfectly normal, rational thing to think. And sure. I often think that. Yeah. Just don't say it. To the, just, yeah, don't, don't say, say it to the person who might potentially want to befriend you. Yeah. It's like when I said some stupid comment once on my other podcast about like I said, there's X number of people in my neighborhood who are blank that I like and somebody came up to me who fit the category and said am I the one you like or the one you don't like I'm like oh I'm very stupid well this is why um, I try to keep podcast Alex and, and in life Alex uh two separate people <laughs> yeah yes if podcast Alex walks through this neighborhood Anglewood Alex will cease to exist he will kill yes Anglewood Alex yeah body uh, Alex liar Alex I love that. <laughs> I love that Alex yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so uh, the lawyer then tells him that he actually has some good news to share, and the, it's the, the news is that Alice would like to meet in public, and he thinks this is a positive sign that like he's you know going to be willing to uh, bury the hatchet. And Larry's very excited. Now there's Roger two cases though, to, because there's also the uh, waitress or the server. At the, yeah, we don't really we don't really hear about her again, right? I, I don't remember. So let's wait and see. Yeah. My yeah. recollection is that the Alice storyline continues. The other waitress, the waitress, I think we never hear from again. Did like, I tell I on we'll this podcast out. my father-in-law's insane obsession with pig, uh, with pigs in a blanket? I yes, like yeah, last okay. week. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to ask Jen, um, like follow I, or, or him, follow up about this insane behavior. Uh, I should ask him if he's seen this episode. Um, actually, and right, I'm taking a note. Yeah, well, you said you said last week that you were going to send it to him, but oh. so I guess you didn't. I don't think I've spoken to him since last. You're week. not a man of your, not a man of your word. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready yeah. now. Um. Roger goes to get a tissue from the bathroom and he comes back. He looks very suspicious. He asks Larry if he used the bathroom. Larry denies it, telling him, how, how would I, why would I use it? You were extremely emphatic the other day about the fact that I wasn't allowed to. And they, uh, they kind of like stare each other down. Not quite the Larry stare down special, but, you know, a more, a more uh, conventional stare down. Um, so, yeah, so Larry heads back out again, goes over to talk to the receptionist. And she's, uh, she's very warm. She remembers his name. He tells her that she's got beautiful dues and uh, views and wonders how long it took before she started taking it for granted. Turns out only a couple days. And he says, that's actually pretty good. It would have taken me much less, maybe even half an hour. <laughs> yeah. He asks her if she has ever used uh, Swindell's bathroom, and she tells him she has, which is Larry. Larry is shocked by this. Well, because she, she, escalates, fly... the, she escalates the relationship, and it's kind of surprising because until yeah. then, she seems very turned off by him. Yes, I agree. So um, apparently his she joke rather... about taking advantage of the view somehow convinced her. To... <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's fun. Yeah. yeah, she'd rather fly private than public. And uh, women's bathrooms can be so vile. So like I was left with no choice. I had to use his. Yeah. Larry thinks men's bathrooms are actually worse. For sure. There's they go, no chance they go that women's bathrooms are, are less bad than men's bathrooms. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Based on some of the bathrooms I've been in. Yeah, uh, it's impossible. Yeah, so he... I refuse to believe that women's bathrooms are as bad as ours. So, yeah, it's going to be a date of toilet hopping. They're going to go around to different uh, um, bathrooms, men's bathrooms and women's bathrooms and compare. Probably not the best thing to go um, into women's bathrooms while you're currently under the suit for sexual harassment. But, you know, that's just my take. It's for science. Yeah. This is the um, second time so yeah. a relationship starts uh, based on um, using the bathroom, right? Which was the other? When he's at the gastroenterologist. Because he has the itch. Remind me. And that uh -huh. and he meets and what in the waiting room there. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Right. They, they. Right. And they're both lying. Yeah. About what are you here for? There. What are you here for? Exactly. <laughs> Just to check up. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Uh, over to Mocha Joe's, um, and Larry is uh, you know, standing outside his new store. When Ted comes over to him, he's like, "What are you doing here?" And Larry tells him that. Uh, I'm here to open a spite store to drive Pocahontas out of business. And Ted's like deadpan here of like, well, I have no idea what that's about or I don't care. <laughs> and moving on to his own thing. He's just like, whatever. Like, you're, you're obviously crazy. Yeah. Um, he said you know, that Lionel, Ted. <laughs> yeah, Lionel, the uh, postman, saw him side sitting with Cheryl the other day. And Larry's like, well, yeah, no big deal. Like, I side sit with everybody. That's just how I sit. Um, he should have said, you should see what the testers do. Now, does Lionel, how does he know the relationship between Ted and Cheryl and Larry? I mean, Ted, I guess, is famous enough that maybe it's in the tabloids. Or like he delivers the mail. So he knows who lives where. And he knows no, that Cheryl, this woman Cheryl lives at her own place separate from Ted. 
Well, she, you know, I'm sure she's been over at some point where he delivered the mail. I'm sure he's seen her. He's at her, he's at Ted's I mean, house the, a lot. The mail he's at person house, knows maybe. the mail. Like the mail person has seen people like in your house. I feel like you know. Well, sometimes you happen to be outside when he comes, or you know, he's you know, he, yeah, your he, wife's he kids, but sometimes. not other people. I don't, I don't know. I guess the question is how often is Cheryl over at Ted's? Maybe very frequently. Who knows? Yeah. Or Ted at Cheryl's. Maybe he's the mailman for all three. Do they all live in the and maybe he yeah, knows her. I don't know. And maybe he, well, we know, we know Ted and Larry used to live next to each other. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It was like, cause with the garbage. L- thing, LA is such a small town. There's only one mailman. For yeah. It's town. one, it's basically one block. Yeah. There was, there was two uh, mail pe- per- carriers, but then Larry had the other one fired. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. We'll never um, hear from him again. Yeah. So, um, Ted warns Larry that he better be careful um, and, and heads out. Jeff then calls Larry and tells him, like, what the hell were you thinking? Why did you get Susie that painting? It just it won't stop staring at me, even when I'm just trying to get a snack. It's staring at me. Larry apologizes, telling him, I'll never get Susie a present again. You don't have to worry. Yeah. And Jeff tells him, it's his birthday next month. What are you going to be getting for me? And Larry says, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And Jeff says, thank you. Um, okay. Let's, uh, we're going to head now for another clip over at Rita's apartment. Uh, let's see how that first date went. Mm. You play the piano? I don't know. I borrowed it. You don't play and you borrowed a piano? It was a joke. I didn't borrow the piano. Oh, that's quite a, uh, that's quite an attempt at a joke. Thank you. You could use it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. All right, well... We've come to that juncture in the evening where a move of some kind is uh, either required or uh, expected. I agree. You agree? I do. That's good. That's good. That's now, good. given the current climate, I would like to ask you a series of questions to determine how comfortable you are with physical contact as it progresses. All right, that sounds fair. I'd like to begin by taking my right hand and place it on your right shoulder. Would that be acceptable? That is acceptable, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I'd like to take this left hand of mine. Yes. And place it under your ribcage, fairly close to the right breast, but in keeping a safe distance. That is acceptable. There we go. That's very nice. Ah, by the way, throughout this process, I would encourage any feedback. Well, and I would expect the same from you. Oh. How would you feel about a little grazing of the lips? I think I would feel very good about that. Well, then a grazing you shall have. <laughs> uh-huh. And now, I would like to graze again, but this time... With some intertwining of the tongue. We could do that. Excellent. <laughs> hmm. Well, now I think we have to take a little break. With your permission, of course, I would like to take a video in order to document the evening. You know, just in case there are any discrepancies of the he said, she said, variety. Why did he start the video now? Of course. I Out of curiosity. <laughs> right. BCC, yeah. Anyone you like. He's already gotten himself into trouble, potentially. Begin mm. session. This is Rita. Hi. 
Um, Rita, you're here under your own volition? I am, yes. Nobody forced you here, isn't that correct? That is correct. Nobody forced me. You're not here under duress? <laughs> By the way, this is like a tremendous red flag, right? Like, this is like a super creepy thing to do. Like, you're here of your own volition, whatever happens, you yeah. agree to, right? Like, that, that would be like alarm bell. Yes. It's also like, I feel like I saw like Funny or Die videos doing this, but like in a, in a better version, like five or ten years ago or more. Of like yeah, the execution here up, is pretty is pretty poor. Couples yeah. about to hook up and they make each other sign contracts of binding consent and like you know like I feel like there's like many versions of this that were done better. Now maybe not on as high profile a show as Curb and, and not by uh, Larry David, so it's still very funny, but it's a little bit forced. Yeah, the concept is funny. The the execution, the execution I think is weak. Yeah, um, exactly. What I was certain was going to ha happen here that that never happens is that I thought they were going to like you know make out, have sex, whatever, and he was going to accidentally leave the camera on, and like then like that was going to like come back to bite him somehow or like exacerbate his Me Too situation. Um, so it, it seems to me that that is his intent. He says he, he's going to record the entire session, not just the initial. Uh, consent, but the whole thing that and then that's why when she turns down the breast touching, he's like end session, and then he stops recording. I think yeah, he's, well, trying yeah, he make, he's trying to make a sex tape here, which again is why I don't understand why he waited into it, nothing makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, untoward has happened. Nothing's happened without your permission. Absolutely so, not. Thus far. Thus far. <laughs> thus far. That's very creepy. Let's continue. That's. I'm placing my right hand back on her right shoulder. He's giving play by play with her permission, of course. Yes. And now. What I'd like to do is take this left hand, which I've introduced to you earlier. I'm going to place it on your inner thigh and slowly inch my way up in a crab-like fashion. Well, seeing as it is our first date, Mary, I think that I'm going to have to say no to that. I'm perfectly okay with that. Okay. And what if I took this same left hand and extended it laterally and somehow wind up on that right breast? And perhaps uh, yeah, squeeze. <laughs> That'd be the worst thing in the world. I'm going to have to say no again. Okay. Another no. Hands away. Look at the hand. All gone. Well, seems we've reached a bit of an impasse. I think so. End session. <laughs> it's so insane. <laughs> Very ridiculous thing to do. Yes. Um, um, also, it's like he's basically saying, "Fine, oh, so you're not gonna let me touch touch your boob or your thigh." So, like, I, date's over. Yeah. But I love how we <laughs> so really crab-like fashion is is somehow going to turn around. You should try that with your wife. Is it crab-like or is it grab-like? Crab. He's being crab. a crab, and also yeah. I have the, I have the captions yeah. on it said crab. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's definitely good. A crab-like fashion. Yeah, I guess it could be grab-like, but yeah, it's not. A, yeah. Anyway, either way, I yeah. try it on your wife and report back. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, over at Jeff's house, uh, we're having dinner. The Larry's over. The Davids are over. Andy and Cassie, uh, and we toast to them because they've just moved into the neighborhood. Now Andy is middling at this meal, which we'll learn next season is a terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, no wonder this meal goes in such a bad direction. Like, <laughs> yeah. Larry just had to get out of there. Yeah. Um, he uh, Larry calls uh, Andy calls attention to the painting behind Susie. Tells her it's a wonderful painting, and Susie says, "You're not going to believe who got it. It was Larry." And they have a whole bunch of questions for Larry about where he got it. Well, you know, all, all, you know, where, what's the dimensions, all these different things. And Larry, uh, Larry's just and like, they don't ask the principal leave. question, which is why did you come to do this in the first place? What what yeah. inspired this gift? 
Yeah. Um, Cassie loves the, the, the dimensions, which Susie agrees saying that like anything too small would have anything smaller would have been too small <laughs> yeah. and anything larger would be ostentatious. Yes. Yeah. Susie this never wanted to be ostentatious. Yeah. And this painting is not remotely ostentatious. Yeah. Um, Lewis is one, the one who finally picks up on the fact that Larry's not being himself and wants to know what's going on. And Larry's like, I'll tell you what's wrong. It's been three days since I got my cancer results and not one of you has checked in. And uh, Andy tells him, well, you know, I've been so uh, immersed with uh, his daughter's project. Lewis is like, oh, I planned on it. I just like, haven't gotten to. Leon admits he completely forgot about it. Why don't the other one say, we just had an agreement? <laughs> right. We just made a pact. You, it was your idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Larry's like, I don't understand. What kind of friends are you? And he takes his fork and, you know, smacks, you know, takes it in and kind of smashes it into his tomato and he does so so hard that the tomato sprays up in the air and gets all over the painting and Susie goes crazy that Larry ruined the painting shouts at Jeff Jeff scorns Larry for destroying the prized possession of this household so and everyone is so upset that Larry apologizes saying he'll take it back he'll have the painter redo it and he offers to have it restored but Larry refuses why does why does he like why is he so against somebody else not nothing here makes there? sense uh, first yeah. of all, it, it's not a wet painting. You could probably just wipe it down almost certainly and it would be fine. At least you could attempt to do that first, right? Like it's a cherry right. tomato. It's not like a staining. Yeah, somebody should get a sponge. Yes. Uh, why don't you get a sponge? Um, now, I once stabbed a right. cherry so, like tomato. Right. Like someone took a glass of wine and like threw it on. Yeah. The... Um, but also it's clearly a mistake. So why is, he, you know, why is he yelling at Larry? Why is she yelling at Larry? Obviously, Larry will fix it. Yeah. So I once stabbed a cherry tomato and squirted it onto my high school basketball coach. Which was not the same as onto a painting of Susie, although he whined uh, incessantly about it also. So, <laughs> Larry uh, opines that maybe this is actually a blessing in disguise because that painting didn't really capture the luster and sparkle <laughs> in Susie's <laughs> eyes properly. Yeah. And uh, of course, Jeff agrees. Yeah. I mean, you say that you love when Larry and Susie are on the same side, and they kind of are for much of this episode. Yeah. Not all of it, but. Okay. So we head back over to Mocha Joe's. Uh, Larry thanks Milos for coming in, tells him he's doing a fantastic job so far on the restaurant. And Milos tells him that he's got extra boards that he'd be happy to install at Larry's for no extra costs. He then tells Larry that uh, Susie Green has ruined his name. Every, you know, he, she wanted him to install mahogany cream, which he did correctly, but she, he's, she completely ruined his reputation. Larry agrees she's a big pain in the ass. Yeah. And thanks, uh, thanks Milos for offering to help him out. <laughs> we uh, we then cut to uh, Milos arriving at Larry's house, opening the door, and as soon as he walks in, he sees the giant painting of Susie standing, you know, standing below the stairway, and he goes crazy, starts yelling at the painting in Russian. Mm. Um, and we are now going to go uh, back to the restaurant. It's going to be our final uh, clip of the episode for Larry's rendezvous with uh, Alice's secretary. Let's see if he uh, is able to work out the Me Too situation. I mean, the whole thing was just a series of unfortunate misunderstandings. That wasn't Harvey Weinstein. That was Jeff Green, my manager. I guess the culture's just sort of changing, and mm, yeah. um, we're defining our boundaries. Boundaries, more, boundaries, and, uh, yes. Personal space. Like, for instance, my tattoo, you don't get to demand to know what it's about no, because it's on my body. Not. Of course not. I, I'm not that guy. I know who you think I, I'm not that guy. Okay. We don't need lawyers or anything like that. Come back to work. Bring Bogey. I miss Bogey. I miss that little doggy. I'll bring him five bowls, okay? <laughs> if we can go back with like a mutual respect and honesty, um, I really appreciate your openness. You know, this is how culture moves forward. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm sightseeing. You can't sightseeing. 
No, no, wait, wait, where are you going? Stay here, just one second. Oh, my God. Stay Let quiet. go. Oh, my God. I had to side sit because I had to side sit because I. Uh, what are you doing, no, Alan? Hey, uh, how'd those test results turn out? You know, everybody here is really pulling for you. Oh, they turned out just fine. Thank you very much. Why is Larry being a prick to that guy? Because <laughs> he's in a bad mood. He's taking yeah. it out on him. Um, Larry executed that so poorly, like. When he, he sides at her and she's, he's, he's, she's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got to tell you something about the guy who just came in. Or like, there's a way to cover, not I'm side sitting. Um, <laughs> right. Also, just like Ted has seen him at a million restaurants over the years, never side sitting. <laughs> now he'll see one side sit and say, oh, I'm convinced. Which apparently. Yeah, well, maybe he's never noticed it before. But now, you know, now that yeah. he's looking for it. Even if you're a side sitter, you're not side sitting with everybody necessarily. Like you, you can say, well, this is my secretary who I'm trying to recover from an accusation of sexual assault. So I'm not side sitting. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. yes. Yeah. So we uh, we are we we head off with Jeff and Susie in the car and uh, Susie's telling Jeff that they should offer to pay a down payment. So I guess they're not buying another house. I don't know what the hell's going on with the greens. Um and oh maybe is it paying a down payment for the kids maybe i don't even know yeah i don't know um and she uh as they're driving she notices the painting of her in larry's garbage can and jeff stops the car susie starts going on a rant telling larry what a piece of shit he is because he's ruins her painting yelling at larry and jeff uh just smiles and as they drive off yeah all right for final scene we head back over to the lawyer's office where larry is being deposed in the sexual harassment claim which obviously now has not gone away and she had her lawyers have a bunch of questions for her ask larry if she's ever if he ever touched alice's dog then ask larry if he ever touched her tattoo larry explains that he was curious about how one eye was shut and the other eye opened and uh that's it the lawyer has no further questions um but before the uh swearing in ends uh roger swindell larry's own lawyer takes over and uh ask larry to reiterate that he's uh, here under his own consent without any violation of his rights reminds larry that he's under oath and then ask larry if he used his bathroom and larry just stares at him and the episode ends with a whimper i would say talking about uh take uh, your oaths i feel like larry's lawyer could be violating his uh, legal responsibilities here to his client trying yeah, to teach his own witness gen- at a deposition I mean- <laughs> generally speaking you don't try to cross-examine your own witness <laughs> and make him look like a liar yes or, or, um, or cause him to commit perjury on their oath. Yeah, kind of shocking to me. That's how it ends. As a lawyer, very disappointed. And as an episode. But, you know, I said this at the top. I've just, I feel like very little happens. I was bored. I'm never bored when watching Curb. It's a very strange experience. But I honestly was like looking at the clock, like, let's move this along. And I've, you know, I'm just really disappointed. So I'm going to say it's pretty, pretty good. Only one and a half pretties coming in at 96 out of 103 for me. Yeah, I'm uh, just a notch above you. I say this episode is pretty, pretty good. Two pretties. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. Like, there's not, not a ton here works. Um, a lot of characters just like behaving in ways that just like doesn't make sense at all. Um, the lawyer probably being the best example, not letting him use the bathroom, you know, deposing his own witness. Um, the whole Susie painting thing is like fun in theory. It's like very much has like the Kramer vibes. 
Um, but just like doesn't work here in the same way. It just like doesn't make any sense why Lowry would uh, would have done this. Um, so yeah, and like you know, we and like I think the 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 video scene with uh, with Terry Polo is probably like the episode in a microcosm where it's like funny idea, like could have worked, but like it just didn't. Like they just like didn't really execute so well in this episode. Um, so yeah, um, so you you were one and a half. I'm at uh, two pretties. Oh come on, be a come with guy. All right, who's your come with guy or gal? Um, yeah, my come with guys, I think I'm just gonna go with Susie. Um, I think this is not like a great, you know, potpourri of choices here for the come with guy. So I'm gonna go with Susie as the come with gal. She gets this amazing painting of her. Um, and you know, kind of the, the whole, the whole episode is really built around her and, you know, she gets a couple opportunities to yell and scream at Larry. So why not? Yeah. I felt the same way as you in that. I didn't know who to give it to. I ended up just giving it to Larry because he gave Susie a wonderfully thoughtful gift, and I think it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. So, good, yeah, good job. Fair Mary. enough. Very nice. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Fucking asshole. I kind of feel the same way. Not really sure, but to me, I'm giving it to Swap for cutting off his father when he found out he had cancer, <laughs> and to this day, not knowing whether the man lives. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Swindell, the lawyer, for the reasons we just said. Um, not, you know, not a very client-friendly guy. And uh, give, just giving all lawyers a bad name, frankly. We're not that way. We don't, uh, we don't uh, rip clients we off can with our use holistic our approaches. Yeah. We offer holistic services from bathroom to kitchen to, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> Roger Swindell is his name, by the way, is uh, the lawyer character. Uh, Greg mm-hmm. Swindell was a pitcher on the Twins. Who was uh, not very good. Also, some other teams, I think, the Astros. All right, when we got no cameos in this episode, and so I think it's time for the uh, postman. Yeah, postman, postman Lionel. Mm. Postman, postman, come here. here Tell the neighborhood what a shanda, Larry, Uh, uh, Larry uh, David. uh, 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 You're a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. A shanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Joe! First postman, and this week is from John Gormley, who says, What's up, guys? I actually enjoyed this episode a lot more than I remembered it. Thought I remembered it as the worst ep- episode from an otherwise solid season, but I was wrong. I was laughing thoroughly throughout this rewatch. The side-sitting bit was all right, not great, but the rest of the episode was as good as any average curb bit. Sadly, a Funkhauser was obviously missing from the poker game. The Susie painting scene in the very unsexy video documentation of Larry's date was absolutely hilarious. Episode tops off with a clever, unexpected callback where Larry got nailed about whether he used his lawyer's bathroom or not. Obviously, horrible lawyer tactics, but a very funny scene. Overall, three and a half pretties. Come with guys, Leon. Fucking asshole is Alice. Leon is interesting choice here because like, this is like Leon basically has like no lines in this episode. Yeah, but I think there, like he, when there's like not says, one, anything he says is funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he says that he has the line that he forgot that Larry was sick, and then like he actually like makes like one or two comments at the poker table. But it's a very light Leon episode for an episode that he's in. Like, so Leon is sometimes not an episode, but if he's there, he's usually going to contribute more than he does here. Yeah. Um, fucking asshole is Alice. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's only up from here. Season ten, seven more amazing episodes left to go. Um, mm. It's actually eight, I believe, um, unless he's saying specifically that season 10, episode 10 is not amazing. So yeah, we have seven more amazing, seven more amazing episodes and one not amazing. And then, episode, or he's saying, or I guess it could be one of the any one of the eight is not amazing. Yeah, but he didn't tell us. John's keeping us on our toes. Yeah. All right. So we'll find out. All right. Next up is Joshua Schmitz, who says, hello, gentlemen. 
This episode wasn't quite as fun for me as last week's. There were a few laughs out loud moments, and the portrait of Susie is fantastic. Come with guy is nobody. None of Larry's friends called to check and see how his cancer results went. He gave Lewis a kidney after all. Fucking asshole is the postman for telling Ted about the side sitting, and his rating is two and a half pretties out of five. We turn now to. Yeah, I think Jim I should have voted Trump. for the postman. I think that's a good one. But I'm, I'm staying with SWAT. Postman, postman, you're the fucking asshole. Yeah. What a Shonda you are. <laughs> The man who tells another man about the side sitting with his yes. ex-wife. He side sits with the ex-wife of yeah. Anyway. All right. Jim Crumley says side sitting is a decent episode, though a bit of a drop from Happy New Year. Three and a half three out of five pretties. Come with Gala Susie. Her Godzilla-like trampling of scenes was perfectly calibrated here. She loves that ridiculous portrait, and she's going to make Larry and Jeff pay for screwing it up. Fucking asshole is Roger Swindell. It is fine to forbid Larry to use your office bathroom, but then why do you need to have your assistant let him into your office unsupervised well before you can join the meeting? And then to ask about it as a, at a deposition? Shame, shame, shame. Yeah. William Blake writes, Hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I'm not a cancer friend. At this point, all we need is Owen Wilson, De Niro, and Barbara Streisand, and the whole Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers group will have been on the show. Come oh, I haven't been track of that. Yeah, I didn't know that we were supposed to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I guess that's where uh, Terry Polo. Um, I know her mostly more from the uh, from the West Wing, Miss Helen Santos. Come with guy is Rita, dealing with a horny loon like a post-shadow Larry David is a chore. Just have your date signed an NDA like a rich L.A. dude and ask for consent like a normal healthy person without the videos. <laughs> Fucking asshole is the mailman. It is one thing to be a snitch, but to be 10 dancing snitch? That's Yep, agreed. The episode 3 out of 5 pretties saying, decent, nothing too special, but I appreciated the office added zenith cringe factor with Rita and Larry. Zach Brooks writes in and says, if a lawyer asks someone an off-topic question under oath, I assume his lawyer would normally object. If it's a very asked question, could it stand? Come with guy is Milosh for dealing with Susie's request for mahogany cream and his quick work on Latte Larry. The fucking asshole is Susie. She's no friend of the working man. Although Larry also harmed the reputation of the working mailman, so maybe he's not much better. And Zach gives the episode one and a half pretties. Hmm. And finally, we turn to Olin Allen. Who well, says, not finally. What about Jared Jerome? Anti- I don't know if that counts. Yeah. He, uh, right, somebody, somebody said. Going out of order now. So well, everything he, was messed uh, up. This is what he said. He said, ending. this is Jared Jerome. Ending on that lawyer thing was nuts. You can have your kooky fun, but that can't be the close to the episode. Completely ridiculous that char- that character. Just everything was awkward. Every interaction with the eventual girlfriend was awkward. I just think she was bad. I like the idea of the asking for permission to fool around bit, but it wasn't executed that well. I mean, what's with the cancer storyline? Goes nowhere just to show Larry is sensitive, but his friend's not caring. That's the opposite of how Larry would be, and they literally just made a pact to hate each other for all eternity <laughs> they got cancer. Nice, loving, caring group. The Sue's picture didn't really make that much sense. Obviously, Sue's from Seinfeld vibes with the doll that looked like George's mother. Oh, I didn't get that. Uh, the side sit that gets Larry in trouble, I guess, was decent. A classic curb moment of him screening himself based on nonsense. Screwing himself, I, I imagine is what I was supposed to say there. The mailman stuff was weird and awkward and went nowhere. It felt like Larry had some ideas of things in society that bother him. We're living in a society here. But he wasn't able to put them together in a coherent episode. By the way, that was my editorial, not Jared's. The, 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 ah. the, 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 All yes. right, so Jared does not give a rating, but I don't think it's very high. Yeah, um, so he will not be included in the ratings, yeah. certainly. Okay, we now end off. As oh, you always, actually asked. Is Allen. Po- you was asked when Jared said that. You said, "Is this for the postman?" Yeah, well, he didn't. He didn't really. He was like non-committal. He said, "I should get back on the postman game, but I have to make a whole right. production out of it, so I keep not doing it. You can't just do short postmans." Oh, so he's against us having shared the short postman. <laughs> I don't know. That's why. That's why I didn't read it. We didn't. Oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't have his consent. Fine. Well, it won't count for Jared Postman's stats because I think I think he wants his work to stay high. 
Okay. And uh, hopefully third time will be the charm, as we say. We finally turn now to Olin Allen, who says, I absolutely adored Cousin Andy's jumper at the poker game. Would wear that all the time if I had it myself. <laughs> Moving him to L.A. seems to be part of the Funkhauser replacement before Vince Vaughn appears. This is a big setup episode. I liked a lot of the co-stars, such as the lawyer, the receptionist, and of course, John Daly's shorts-wearing postman. But it felt weak. A lot of Jeff interactions over the top and the recording of the consensual intimacy was a good idea, but terribly delivered. The Susie painting was great, but to tread on Jared's ground, an inferior version of the Kramer painting. More with how it was treated than the painting itself and over-the-top stupid ending. He gives the episode two pretties. Come with guy is the caring waiter. Must be getting good tips, but still outshining all his friends. And the fucking asshole is the postman for snitching on Larry and being so self-absorbed that feels he has full control over the mail from the moment it has been mailed to the point of delivery. Just because the leather may have been lost does not mean it was lost at his chain of the process. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right, but so when you control the bell, you control information. Information, yeah. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right, what's our rating? Give me that information. Yeah, you our rating the um, from the audience um, is 2.58, which is the uh, 99th ranked episode for the audience. And that's without Jared going to get a one. Although Jared gives everything. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah, we drop down a little bit more from my two and your one and a half um, to an overall score of 2.03, making this the 100th episode exactly of the podcast so far. Um, that, I guess, is out of 103 episodes. Yeah, not, not so a great very, uh, very near the bottom. Yes. Fourth worst. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> Next week, we get Artificial Fruit. Uh, we also get uh, Laverne Cox playing Laverne Cox, of course. And unrelated, on Saturday afternoon, just a few days ago, I was at a friend's house and they had a bowl of artificial fruit on their kitchen island. And I said to them, this is an interesting place. To, it was artificial lemons. And I said, this is a strange place to have a bowl full of artificial Well, you're not going to just like eat a lemon anyways. That's well, they said, they said, uh, so I said, yeah, it's, a, it's an odd place to have a bowl of artificial fruit. So they said to me, well, but it's obviously artificial because why would we have a bowl full of lemons? Yeah, I'm like, I got to hear that. But why would you have a bowl full of fake lemons? Yeah, but there's, there's a 0% chance that somebody's going to like grab a lemon and take a bite of it. You're not going to take a bite out of it. Yeah, as soon as you feel it, you pick it up, you feel it's <laughs> fake. But you might pick it up and try and peel it or cut it. I guess. Yeah. No one wants a lemon. Yeah. No, no one wants artificial fruit. Bad idea. Yeah, they could look nice. Yeah. I mean, we don't have any. I, I, I agree. It's I mean, no, we hang some from like strings in our sukkah, like in the fall, but we're not putting them in our kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Right. Don't, but don't put them anywhere. Anyone can mistake them for real fruit. That's my take. All right. Well, I once had a piece of a, uh, I took a bite out of a piece of artificial fruit and it was, it was not. Pretty, pretty, pretty. I don't give a fuck. Get a life, Jews.